0: The Word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bible to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And if you want to follow along with my notes, you can find them on the Bible app, the live event section of the Bible app. You can follow along with me. Save it to your device so you can go over it later and share it with your family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. Also, this message will be uploaded to our podcast and onto our website so you can download it and get it for free. So you can listen to this word and grow in faith. Amen. Galatians chapter four. And so this week, I've been going over in my heart. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to share on this Christmas, for Christmas Eve? What do you want me to share on this Sunday? Do you want me to use a normal Christmas passage? Do you want me to do something different? And so I was praying about it and listening to my heart. This passage kept coming back again and again and again and again. And it may seem an unusual Christmas passage, but not only will it pl- apply to Christmas, it'll apply to your life today. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now I say that the air As long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors or administrators until the time appointed of the Father. If you have a physical Bible, underline or highlight that phrase, time appointed of the Father. If you're following along on your device, highlight that phrase, time appointed of the Father. Say time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of time was come. Say fullness of time. Fullness of time. Underline or highlight that phrase. Fullness of time was come. God sent forth his son, thank God, made of a woman made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So Paul, in his message to the churches of Galatia, is using the example of a a child who is an heir. But although he may be heir to an estate, to millions of dollars, to companies, until he's old enough to receive the inheritance, he's nothing different than just a servant. It says there's a time that his father appoints for him to receive everything, whether his father's alive or puts that time in a will, that he is being trained until he hits the set time until he hits the time appointed of the Father to receive everything that the Father has provided for him. Paul, using that example, says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son. The phrase fullness of time is also translated as a set time. Say set time. It's translated an appointed time. Say appointed time. And it's translated the right time. At the right time, at the set time, at the appointed time, God sent his son. So this wasn't a random time in the mind of God. God had a set time for it to happen. Go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 with me. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You don't mind if I preach a little bit on Christmas Eve? You don't do you guys want a quiet preacher on Christmas Eve and just and just read the story one time? Genesis chapter 3. We know the story of the fall of man. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. God gave them one rule, they broke that rule. When he said he out more, it's the breaking of the tithe. It's rebellion. It's breaking what, and taking what belonged to God and taking them from themselves. And as they do it, their eyes are open. They realize the glory of God that covered them, you see about it in Psalm 8, has left them. They're vulnerable. They're exposed. They don't have the glory, so they try to make fig leaf suits. How many know that's uncomfortable? Seems like you try to cover up because... God wanted you to do something you didn't do in his way, so you did it your own way, so you still want to look good in the eyes of others. So you do your own thing, and you realize why your life is kind of uncomfortable right now because you step out of God's will, and he got in your own will. And so God comes, calls for Adam, tells Adam, curse is the earth because of you. You did this thing. You're no longer blessed. You're under the curse. You made that choice. The whole ground is cursed. Now it's going to fight you. He gets to Eve. Eve, this is what's happening to you because of the choice you made. Then he gets to the serpent who deceived them. He says in verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Notice he didn't say Adam's seed, he's talking to Eve. He says, Eve, there's going to be a woman. Something supernatural different is going to have to happen for this answer to come. It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is speaking to the crucifixion. This is the first messianic prophecy that although Adam and Eve blew it, God said, I'm going to fix it. God is redemptive in nature. Everything He was doing from this point onward is to redeem man to Himself, to buy back their freedom, to set them free. So at the moment they sin, God appears that same day and He gives them a promise. Say, God gave them a promise. God keeps His promises. So he gives promises through prophecy. If you're taking notes, put God gives promises through prophecy. God gives promises through prophecy. Go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. As you read through the Old Testament, there are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of prophecies about the coming of Jesus, about his birth, events surrounding his birth, about where he would grow up, what he would do in his life and his ministry, how he would die and how God would raise him from the dead, how he would ascend into heaven and how he would come back again. Hundreds of prophecies and promises God made. We're only looking at a few of them today. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. It's impossible for a virgin to conceive. So God said, I'm going to do something supernatural. Why is it important for Jesus to be born of a virgin? The sin nature was passed down through the man, so every person born is coming from a man and a woman, and so everyone's locked up in the sin nature under the curse. But if somehow God could get involved, then the sin nature wouldn't be passed to one, and he becomes the perfect representative, perfect substitute, and perfect sacrifice for all mankind forever. Go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, A virgin shall conceive a promise God makes. Emmanuel, God with us. It's always been the intent of God to be with us. Think about God in this light. Everything he does is so he can be with you. Everything. It says he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He came down from heaven just to hang out with them. When he redeemed the children of Israel from Egypt, he says, I need y'all to do these things so I can live with you so I can move it right in the middle of y'all and hang out with y'all all all the time. Everything God does is so he could be with you. He sent his son to shed his blood to remove sin, to remove the curse, to clean up your inside so he can move on the inside of you. His purpose hasn't changed. And when he studied the book of Revelation, he studied the end time books. When it's all said and done, God is moving his home and his throne back to earth so he can be in the middle of us. Everything God is doing is so he can be with you. To give you an opportunity to say, hey, do you want to hang with me too? Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Another promise is made. These are promises that God made through prophecy. God keeps his promises. Promises made Promises kept. Say promises made. Promises kept. Promises made. Promises kept. The fullness of time was an appointed time, a set time, or a right time when these promises were fulfilled. So when you think of that phrase, fullness of time, think promises made promises kept for thousands of years God had been making promises through prophecy and there was a right time for it all to happen to have the maximum impact to fulfill God's eternal purposes so go to Matthew chapter 1 Matthew chapter 1 we'll start with verse 17 He had a set time. He had an appointed time. He had a right time. What was so special about this time, when you look at the background, it was something called the Pax Romana, which was a time of 200 years of general peace within the Roman Empire. And as you know, war will inhibit the spread of a message of any type. And God wanted his message to get out, so there was a time of general peace. There was now better roads than there had ever been in the history of mankind. And there was also a common language that the majority of the Roman Empire spoke and knew how to communicate to the rest of the world. So God rated to this background was set. And his set time had arrived. So for thousands of years, God is moving things into place to get ready for the set time. We love suddenlies, but we don't realize all the time before God is maneuvering so you can have a suddenly. Matthew 1, verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David unto the carrying into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon to Christ are 14 generations. A lot of time is passing, and it seems like nothing is happening. It seems like it's getting worse. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example and post all her business on social media, was minded to put away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, you son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Mary told the truth. You don't have to go on Mari to check it out. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves, for he shall save his people from their sins now what happened the right time had arrived but now God needs the right people so he has to find a woman who will be okay being the mother of the son of God he has to find a woman who will be okay receiving scorn and ridicule because people won't believe her He has to find a woman who's willing to endure the persecution that comes with the promise. A lot of people like the promise, but they don't want the process or the persecution till it gets to the manifestation. So he had to find a woman who's okay getting the promise, going through the process, enduring the persecution, and getting to the manifestation. So he finds one, a teenager by the name of Mary. Talks about her purity. See, purity is an enabler of the blessing. She had lived her life following the commandments of God, not really that God had a greater destiny for her. See, a lot of times we imagine things and we think that's great, and God says, I got something better. Mary had been living her life following God, being prepared this whole time to change the world forever, and she never realized it. Gabriel Pierce says, Hail Mary. People make that into prayer. That wasn't anything spiritual. That's, what's up? How you doing? says, you are greatly favored. Like, greatly favored. What type of greeting is this, Mary begins to wonder. And it begins to tell her about God's plan. What's Mary's final response? Be it unto me according to your word whatever god says i receive it and it's good with me so he's found the right woman but he has to find the right man to raise his son and to protect mary so god is playing matchmaker imagine the heavenly father going matchmaker matchmaker make me a match he's finding the right person bringing them together. You see, God is interested in godly people getting together. Malachi says he wants godly people to marry so they can raise a godly seed. So Mary and Joseph just thought they liked each other. They thought they were cute. Oh, we can see our future together. They had no idea God was bringing them together to change the world forever. So Joseph hears this news, and many of us, none of us, will say, oh, yeah, Mary must be telling the truth. Joseph did what all of us would do. Yeah, ain't happening, sweetie. But he, had, he was just, he says, I'm going to do it quietly, because if I exposed it, they would kill her. They'd stone her. And so as he's thinking on this, the Lord speaks to him in a dream. And Joseph could have said, this is too much for me. I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted to marry Mary. Now, because we have kids in here, I'm not going into some of the details of it, but Joseph is a superhero. He marries Mary and doesn't consummate the marriage till like nine months later. Superhero. That's all I'm gonna say about this and today's Christmas Eve experience. So he had to find a just man. He had to find a man that would be willing to put up with the persecution. Because you know, people think, okay, that's really Joseph's baby. Or people think, Joseph, you must be stupid if you're marrying her and that ain't your baby. So he's going through the persecution based on a promise that no one's ever heard before, going through the process to get to where God wanted him to be. He had found the right people to exist at the right time. What does it say in verse 22? Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she brought forth the firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Mary and Joseph played their parts. They were obedient to God and place themselves in the will of God. No matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, they said yes to God. But one of the key phrases I want you to highlight and underline that you'll see a lot in Matthew and other places in the scripture, that it might be fulfilled. All this happened that it might be fulfilled. The background had to be ready that it might be fulfilled. Mary and Joseph had to get in place that it might be fulfilled. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So imagine this. Now we go to Rome. We've been in Galilee and Israel this whole time. Now we go to Rome, the central power of the world at this time. And Caesar's having a meeting with his advisors. Some of his advisors says, "Tax the people." Some of the advisors say, "Cut the taxes." Some of the ones will saying, make Rome great again. <laughs> I'm going to have fun. So they're debating about what they're going to do, and Caesar says, I'm going to tax everybody. The entire world is about to pay me money. Good night. But the thing is, it's not like they're going to have to send me money, because I'm also going to count where everyone is. So, everyone has to go back to their hometown. No matter where you are in the world, you have to go home so I can register you and you can pay me money. This is an inconvenience. Imagine if every time you had to pay the IRS, you had to go back to what town you came from. Imagine the travel, all the hotels are booked. Mary is great with child, meaning at any moment, this baby's coming. So think about it. Before they receive the news, Mary is preparing a home. She is nesting. She's got everything ready for the baby. Then they get a message. You can't stay. You have to go back to Bethlehem. That's where Joseph is from. Imagine the inconvenience of a nine-month pregnant woman riding a donkey In ancient times for miles inconvenienced but they told God yes they've withstood persecution they're in the middle of the will of God and now they're being inconvenienced even though they've done everything right now they're gonna have to pay extra money I'm sure Joseph didn't plan this babies are already expensive but now I gotta pay extra taxes too Now i got to take a journey, then I get to where I come from and there's no room. We think of the story, it's so magical. The baby was born in the manger. No, he was born there because there was no room. They said, hey, there's no room. You can't even sleep on the floor, but we got a barn. They did everything right, but now they're inconvenienced in a place they would never want to be. How many of you want to have your first child in a barn? With the cows and the donkeys saying amen. What does that smell like? What does that look like? You see, when we have nativity scenes, you bring the animals in, you miss that there's a little bag on the back of them to catch stuff just in case. There's no bag on the animals near the manger. They could be looking at the newborn baby and dropping their own gifts. They are inconvenienced, to say the least. Caesar called a tax. So Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, fulfilling Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Caesar just thought, I'm calling a tax because I want it. Caesar had to call a tax that it might be fulfilled. God had to get Joseph back to Bethlehem. He had to get Mary back to Bethlehem. Don't always look at your inconvenience as a problem. It could be the mode of transportation God shifts you to your destiny. Don't always look at your inconvenience as a problem. It can be the mode of transportation God uses to shift you to your destiny. There had to be a shift. They were in the will of God. They told God yes, and God had to shift some things. And so they get to this place where God had shifted them. God can and will use your inconveniences to shift you to your purpose and your destiny. So they're there. The baby is born. What happens next? Angels appear rejoicing and singing. They tell shepherds. And they go to worship the newborn king. They tell others. Days of purification are completed. They take the baby to the temple. Receives a prophecy. People rejoice over him. A message is preached to all those looking for the consolation and the redemption of Israel. But at the same time, a star appears. Wise men, magi, and modern-day Iraq see this star And they know what it means because they've been looking for the Messiah to come. They didn't know where he was or what it was going to look like, but they know they needed to get there. So you read Matthew 2, and it takes them two years to get to Mary and Joseph. The verse says, and the young child is no longer the baby in the manger. We put it all together because it looks cute at Christmas. but this is a two-year process. They come trying to find the baby. When you look at Mary and Joseph's financial situation, they already had to pay taxes. And then eight days later, they have to pay at the temple the sacrifice after eight days of the woman having the baby. And what they give represents they don't have a lot of money at this time. What do they do? They spent the money getting there. They spent the money on everything they had to do. They spent the money paying taxes. Now it looks like they're in a situation Because they said yes to God. Not only are they inconvenienced, it seems like they're going to be in lack because they told God yes. But at the same time, God was working out things hundreds of miles away. He told these rich men, and it's not three of them. The Bible never says it's three. It says they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know it's at least two. It could have been hundreds. Because when they arrived to King Herod's palace, it says all of Jerusalem was moved. A metro city is not moved because three camels walk in. What happened? These are some serious gifts. And if you're smart and you're taking that much money, you got some soldiers to protect you. So, this whole caravan of power, of wealth, and money, and majesty shows up to find Jesus, to find Mary and Joseph. They present their gifts to him, like we did in our tithes and offering. They present their gifts to him, like we've done in our launch offering. They present their gifts and Mary and Joseph not overwhelmed cuz everything they have given to say yes to God has just been given back to them more than a hundredfold but they don't know that there was a purpose with the prosperity God just brought them they didn't know how crazy king Herod really was an angel appears to Joseph get up take the baby and her mama and his mama to Egypt that money paid for his travel into Egypt and he stayed there for a while Joseph is a businessman. He has a business he can't run, but now he has money to cover all the expenses as they live in another country. Why did all this happen? Matthew two fourteen says, And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. After he leaves Egypt... It says in verse 23, he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. At the appointed time, things have to happen and change that it might be fulfilled. At the appointed time, things have to happen and things have to change that it might be fulfilled. What did the Lord tell us two months ago? 2018 is a year of fullness, overflow, and glory. He also said that fullness is also fulfillment. Remember when I said when we look at the word fullness of time, appointed time, think of the phrase promises made, promises made. Promises made, promises. There are some things that God has promised you. You said yes to God. You've been following God. You've been believing for the promises. You see in the Word. He's spoken to your heart. And it seems like nothing is happening. Just like for thousands of years, it seemed like nothing was happening, but God kept making promise after promise after promise and prophesying after prophesying after prophesying prophesying these promises. But it seemed like nothing was happening. Mary and Joseph said yes, they're inconvenienced. They're in a lower situation because they said yes to God. And what are they going to do now? It seemed like nothing is happening. Remember I said for a suddenly to happen, God has removed, maneuvered things a long time before it. See, it looks like you've been inconvenienced. It looks like nothing has been happening. But things have been maneuvering for your good. What happened at the set time? Angels were released. What happened at the set time? Favor was released. You may not like what the inconvenience has done to you, but it's positioned you for what God wants you to receive. Stop looking at your current situation as your limitation and see it as the place that God has set you up for your time. You thought I've been set back, but it's been a setup. Stop thinking that I'm going to stay here forever. This is the best life gets. No, you're being positioned for a specific place God wants you to be. Because at the appointed time, at the set time, at the fullness of time, at just the right time, promises that are made manifest. God keeps his promises. One of the things you will see about 2018, it will be a year of promises kept. It'll be a year of things God has said, and they will manifest. It's time out for shouting on New Year's and never seeing what God said. It's time to walk into everything God has for you, not just being happy for a week, but walking into a year full of everything God promised, everything God prophesied. It's time out for leaving things on the horizon. It's time to get everything that God has made available to us. Because at the set time, at the appointed time of the Father, everything that God has prepared manifest But you have to be like Mary and Joseph You have to play your role. You have to do your part. You have to say yes to God. You have to be obedient to God. You have to let God move you to the right place. You can't be moved by your inconvenience. You can't get down by your situation to say that God is setting me up. He is preparing me to bounce back. They push me back, but I'm about to bounce back. I got some Holy Ghost buoyancy. You can't hold me down because I'm coming back up. God made promises, and it's all going to come to pass. He's an expert in doing it. The greatest way he did it was through Jesus. And now he's been positioning you for 2018. Fullness, overflow, and glory. And appointed time has arrived. But you have to prepare yourself for it. That's what we're talking about next Sunday. And we'll talk more what does this fullness mean. What does this overflow mean? What does this glory mean? We'll talk about that on New Year's Eve as well. One of the things also the Lord kept saying to us on Wednesday nights, saying if you don't look at the right in the right place, you won't see it. Meaning it could be a year of fullness, overflow, and glory, but if you're not looking at the right place, it won't be that for you. One of the two things I keep saying on Wednesday night, I encourage you, go listen to the podcast, go download the messages for free. In 2018, you have to know these two things. You need to know where you're going, and you need to know where to look. You need to know where you're going, and you need to know where to look. When we talk about the word horizon, it talks about your sight, and it also talks about timing. We'll talk about that on New Year's Eve and in January. Because it's my heart for you to receive everything God wants you to receive in 2018. There's some things he's talked to me about doing so that you can keep receiving it. But you must do your part. You must say yes. You must not get down about your current circumstances. You must believe God is able because he is. The appointed time has arrived. And it's a year of fullness. It's a year of overflow. And it's a year of glory. That's God's promise for you. Don't just go into the year saying, Well, there's another year. If you do, it'll just be another year. But if you prepare successfully and you look in the right place, you'll receive what God has for you. You'll receive promises that were meant to be manifested in 2018. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. But it's up for us to do our part. We have a responsibility to grace. We have to believe we receive, and then we must act on what God tells us to do. In a set time, you don't just sit down. There's work to be done. The fabulous outpouring from heaven, the reign of the Spirit will continue, but you must continue to work your land. God wants you to work. God wants you to apply yourself, because your best is yet to come. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead and lift your hands and give God glory. Father, we thank you for your good and your mercy endures forever. We believe your word. We receive your word. We'll prepare for this set time, even as it splashes over to this last week of the year. We believe for more of the rain from heaven. But well, we even more believe for a year of fullness, a year of overflow, and a year of glory. We thank you for it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Every head bow, every I close in prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your spirit, and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com, that's FCCGA.com, to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today.